So uh, giving and receiving is what we started with this morning. So we're back to that. I'd like to come back to that. So I have some things to say about that. Is there any questions for us? Yes. Uh, you mentioned this before, open dimension of being. Mm -hmm. um, what is meant by, uh, what is the dimension that you're referring to? Everything. There's just a spaciousness that is not, there's just, it shows up in the, in the consciousness or in the mind as nothing to do. So therefore you would just operate in terms of everything else. There, there would be nothing really to do. Open dimension. So there isn't, there's nothing closing down on anything. There's no, there's no commentary, internal commentary going on that says, uh, well, like we were talking about, now what? So that's gone. That might start out, now what? But eventually that goes away too. There isn't even any question. There's just this. And so that's what, without particularly claiming anything, that's where this teaching comes from. The way, <clears throat> the way we train ourselves. Other questions? Uh, I can give, uh, I guess, there's not a lot of content there, so it's difficult. It would be like, uh, um, it's like water without getting particularly zenny or romantic or something like that. It's just like water just goes where it's just, it's totally uh, in favor of gravity. Just like the water in that trough up there it comes out and it just, goes down. It doesn't say, oh, I can't go over that rock. I better go between these. Or it's just, so it's just sometimes Zen is, or, the, or Taoism is called the watercourse way. So this is why when Buddhism came to ancient China, it was recognized, well, this is no different than uh, Tao, the way of uh, Zhuangzi or Lao Tzu. Just, this is how things are. And so uh, the way we practice that, the way it's recommended, is to, uh, the other part of the uh, talk title is receive, was just just receive. And how do we practice? We sit down and notice the way we keep objecting to everything. If you sit down and face the wall as you've been doing today and uh, hold very still, which is uh, the part of the mind you can find, which is the body. Find that, hold very, very still without being rigid. It's a very simple thing to do, just holding still. And just to receive whatever, in other words, there's no, Interpretation of what's rising, no objection to it, no propaganda, no nothing extra. It's just, you're just receiving thoughts may come, uh, and I would say thoughts may come, fine. But you don't say fine. You don't do anything with it. You, don't, you get no credential out of anything. You don't know that you're just hanging out. You're just here. <clears throat> so that's how we uh, train ourselves is to watch the way we keep objecting long enough so that eventually we begin to see deep more and more deeply the, where that's coming from. And when you see where that's coming from, that starts to release too. You can't stop doing it or release it. It has to release itself. If we're either receiving or giving, does that mean that there's either someone or something else that's doing the opposite? If we're receiving is someone else giving or if we're yeah. giving is someone else receiving? Or can one happen without the other? It's not, not important. But you could come up with that concept, and then that would lead to another concept, and it would just get, would just build from there. Well, probably something like that's going on. But the important thing to focus on as a practitioner is just receive, and the other one is just give, give your attention, give lots of dana to the teacher, 
So, uh, so give, give, give your attention. If you do that, you'll notice that there's, no, there's really no credential involved. You just notice that you're really aware of what's happening with others. It might be some kind of a crazy spinning situation is happening. So you're, you just watch that happen, but you don't interfere with it without permission. So if somebody is spinning, you respect their craziness. You can't respect their Buddha nature until you first respect their craziness. It has to be respect. It can't be just, who the hell is that crazy guy? What the hell are they doing? i never seen such insanity in my life. Straighten up. Do things like I do. So we have these little interior kind of sayings that we say. And I was just, uh, uh, as we were saying earlier, I said, just change the change the dynamic a little bit, change the way you phrase that. It might be something negative. You don't have to back out of it totally, but when the concept is there, just make a little bit of a shift in it. Instead of saying, uh, you're a damned idiot, say, you know, you could say, just change it. Say, what you're doing is, uh, is unskillful. It might sound a little pretentious when you do that. And it is a little pretentious because you're pretending. You're kind of lying. But why not? Why not? Uh, it's your interior thought pattern. You could modify that a little bit. And, and then when you do that, notice how the background of that, if there is one, uh, would like more like more energy in there. So that's then we're starting to see how the sharp edges or rough edges of, of the self-centeredness really wants its way. It wants to be right. Correct. So uh, go ahead. Um, talking about spinning people, um, I have a parent that uh, can, was just talking, talking, talking. Yeah. Stop talking. I've tried to be with her just to see and she just never stops. Yes. Um, and at that point, there's just other things I have to do. So when you're just receiving, when there's a situation like that, um, what's a skillful way to um, respond to a person? I think you're probably already doing it, knowing you, probably already doing it. The only thing I would do is uh, cut the time short. But while you're doing it, if you're, you know, you can do it with timing. You do it. I would, I would listen to this person talk for four minutes and that's it. And make it three and a half, four and a half. Don't, you don't have to look at your watch. But somewhere in that area, you know what that is. Listen to them. Uh, you know, say if, if, for instance, it was joy, which of course it wouldn't be. But if it were joy, uh, you know, I would listen. I would nod my head. I would hear what they're saying. I might even ask about something about they had just said. How do you mean? Could you say more about that? Give them complete attention. In other words, receive. Receive the, even though your commentary might be loading on, you know, from the side, little comments like this is just crazy this is garbage this person is insane this person is you know how am i ever going to get through this uh, well you only have a short time give them all your attention and stop and say well got to get going i've got other things to do be very very clear about it with no apology you know, maybe you could say yeah, i would you know wish you could listen to you longer which is a lie but lie there's nothing you know the, the precept of not lying doesn't mean never lie the most important precept of all the 16 is be with all things. And the way you might need to be with that person skillfully is to very much be with them, but don't overdose on poison. Take, take a little bit of that, and then you've got to do something. I got something else, I got to get to something else. Even though all you're going to do is go in the bathroom and take a break. But be, be totally with them for as long as you can and receive. 
difficult, especially if you're really, really receiving. It will it will feel like you're loading up on stuff, but it won't. If you don't do much with it, it'll it'll go on through. Especially if there's a lot of sitting practice coming on. It's just other people's suffering. Just receive their suffering. Is that helpful or? So I think the important thing in that area is just limit the time so that you don't so you don't uh, turn into some kind of a martyr or something. You know, I'm not ready to be a saint yet. Maybe later. Later on, I'll tell you how to do that. <laughs> Last night, uh, Sokaran mentioned healthy dana or yeah. something along those lines. What are your reflections on that? Yeah, so I, I, I resonate with what she's saying. Uh, it's, uh, she's, uh, and I would say that if she were here, she's, she's quite an idealist. She's extremely uh, idealistic about things. So, and, and I, uh, I respect that. And I think her idea is, is, uh, is Donna that is, again, just spontaneous generosity to, to be able to help. And uh, she's very generous in terms of me functioning as a teacher, her as a student, she's very generous to me and to the Sangha. And I think she just, uh, my understanding, and I didn't have a discussion with her, but about, not about being some kind of guilt about you never, you need to give more. You know, we always notice, I notice if somebody gives that, I know I notice how much, and I might think on, well, they, they were giving me this much, and now they're not giving me so much. I don't add on to that, like, anything particularly. It's less, or no, it's more. So I, it's not like I don't see that, but I don't come up with some kind of interpretation about that. And I, as far as I'm concerned, all Donna's healthy. I think what she's doing from the point of view of someone who is giving I think that's maybe what she's dealing with. If she were here, we could ask her about that. But I think it's more about it needs to be something as your as a heartfelt kind of situation rather than I need to pay this guy. That's not what's happening because I, I help people with nothing coming back. And I might I might think about it over time if if I've been talking to somebody, you know, once a once a week or every now and then, and I, I we don't get any help at all. Them, then I might think about their situation. Um, we've talked occasionally. Uh, I'll, I'll ask, you know, I'll say, do we? Do they support the temple? Or, uh, I just want to know about that because it tells me more about them. But it won't. It won't stop me from talking to them. Uh, I would never. I would never use that as a. Well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well just charge a fee. And that way, this is how much you want an interview. This is what it costs. So, I think that's. Is that helpful? Or, is there a specific? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm wondering though about the concept of balance. So there's healthy dana, and then is there a balance or middle way? I think it's. I think her word is healthy, and I think she's going into the polarity around it a little bit. So we have to remember who's saying that. I wouldn't use that term, but I also wouldn't disagree with her because it's communication. So I'm kind of understanding what she's saying because I'm trying to relate to how she feels about it. So I would just say, you know, as I say with everything, don't do anything else unless you have to. But if you have to do it, then do it without any, without a bunch of second thoughts or I need to do this because, or I need to. So just like in ancient times when the Buddha was actually alive and teaching, uh, he, he uh, 
He and his monks went around with bowls and begged because of the, the cultural situation, the spiritual culture in that situation supported people who were, uh, were mendicants or sannyasins or Brahmins who got help from others because they, they lived a spiritual life and other people had to work. But people could become monks if they wanted to be. So as far as the healthy, I don't know, does anybody else have any idea about what? Say anything else about that? Healthy, unhealthy? I wouldn't use that. I would just say, don't do anything unless you have to. And if you can, if you can get the teacher to help you without ever giving any dana, then that might be an interesting way to work with your consciousness. I don't know. It's not about a right and wrong. It's about this is happening, that's not happening. The, the causes and conditions behind everybody's life, everybody's here, we're all here, we're al all alive. I don't see any zombies. So we're all alive, we're all human beings, I don't see any uh, aliens. Well, here we are, we're eating, we just had lunch, we, we meditate, we come and this old man gives a talk on the spiritual life, how to proceed in a spiritual way rather than a materialistic way, of getting and Warfare and even miniature warfare. Try to do this with an open dimension. If you're saying open dimension, dimension of being, uh, then uh, who's to say what? I mean, everyone that comes from such a incredibly complicated trajectory, if you want to call it that, from all the the past lives, or if you don't want to go that direction, just the way consciousness evolves over time and changes. Look at who you were when you were eight years old. It's like another person. Or when you were 15, it's just like if you think about what you were like and what you were thinking about, what your motives were. It's just like a, and, and it was. It's a different body altogether. It's a bodies. Everything is changing all the time. There is no solid being anywhere. It just looks like that. It's an illusion. Very bad. I was um, trying to relate that to your giving and receiving, you know, um, when we're on the uh, cushion. Yeah. It's not coming out. So we're giving our, sitting on the cushion, we're giving our attention to the wall giving our attention to our body, we're giving our attention to the six sense fields and their objects that are rising, sound, smell, taste, touch, thought patterns, uh, visual uh, perception, apperception. And it's, we're just, and then, so we're giving our attention and then whatever's arising, we're just receiving. So that's the practice, just receive. Whatever comes, that's it. Uh, the saying, uh, when it gets really difficult, uh, there's something that you can do that is a, uh, had for a while had uh, those of you who know Shoka, who lives in the temple resident, had him doing uh, this uh, this particular. Uh, thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. He was doing this, and then he was also just doing that as a as a mantra. I don't know how many did, but he did a lot of them, and he counted them as well. Thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. And then I would have him do it very fast, 
So it would really pick up some speed, and then I'd have a slow way down and say it and dwell on every single word. So it's just a way of of trying to go in and take them the the knee jerk action of ego, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I've all been there. You might not be saying that, but you can have that kind of a feeling without any expression, and all that happens is your jaw tightens slightly. You all know how that feels. Uh, those of you who are angels don't have that problem. <laughs> so thank you very much. You have no complaints whatsoever. At the same time, you have this terrible complaint. It's just a way of using the mind, as that says in Atisha Seven Points of Mind Training. One of the slogans in there is, is change your attitude and relax as it is. So change your attitude. Thank you very much. Uh, I have no complaints whatsoever, so relax into that. Thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. Everything is complete equanimity. And, and it's interesting about that because it's not about shoving things away. It's not about going to war. It's just being grateful, trying to, to work with that mind that's like that. So receive, when you, this is the way we train ourselves when you come in and sit down either here or at home. Uh, if you can just have that kind of an attitude of I'm going to I'm going to give my attention to this body-mind complex here that I call me, me and my stuff, my life, my job, my family, my, my difficult feelings. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to receive whatever arises. So sitting down. And then whatever emotions, ideas, feelings, thoughts, and, and receive them. And insofar as I can help it, I'm not going to add anything on to the, I'm not going to soft pedal, I'm not going to do anything, I'm not going to interpret anything. But if you interpret, then receive that. If you interpret the interpretation, then receive that. So it's always, you're always in a, in a mode of receiving. Never in a mode of evaluating or judging or condemning accepting, rejecting, any of the, or shutting down the three poisons. Yes. Um, usually around three o'clock every day, I feel as if I have nothing to give. Um, feel what? feel like I have nothing to give. Yeah. Um, my, my mind feels like it's full of sand. Yes. Um, so that feeling of, what do you do when you have that sensation that you have nothing left to give? I think it would be variable depending on your situation, what you've been doing for a few hours before then. You're talking about you're here, you're with the children, and you're involved with parents coming and going. And, and I, I just, I, I don't know, there's no, I can't, other than what your expression of what you're saying, I say don't, don't do anything. Just, uh, sounds like you're, you're having an emotion or a feeling and you're adding on some kind of commentary or evaluation. I have nothing else to give, which it makes which means you've been giving. Have you been giving? Yes. So actual giving probably never gets exhausted. If there's some kind of a result, look, if you're looking for some kind of a result about the giving, then we're back to, albeit a very subtle form of materialism. I'm doing this so this will happen. I'm doing this, but I need to be 
respected or I need to be complimented or I need to have some kind of acknowledgement. You seem to be um, mental exertion involved with giving attention. And I feel like that's what's being exhausted. I changed jobs. <laughs> I mean, really, look at, look at the kind of work you do. Anyone here, if just, does anybody else want to do this kind of work? Other than she gets. You know, it's, it's like it's a, it's a kind of work that you really love, that you really want to do, but it's a, it's a lot of exertion happening there. A lot of working with little tiny people and the, the really tiny people who are sometimes more sane than their parents. So uh, I just say, just, you know, the same thing I was saying earlier about uh, uh, get, give yourself some time. I mean, do the best you can, and then when it feels like you have nothing left to give, then go somewhere else for a while. Go do something else. And stay in your senses. When I say stay there, I'm just say flash on. Uh, if you flash on just how your clothes feel, there's nothing much you can, you can add a few things to it, like it feels hot or it feels this shirt is too tight or too loose or something. It might be a few things like that. But generally speaking, that's it's just a, a feeling about clothing or about how your body is feeling all of this. The interesting thing is it's, uh, it's totally in what is called the present. It's just here. So you, you know, along with the mind that's scrambling around thinking, I have no more to give, and you're in some kind of abstraction about being worn out, some kind of images about, you know, this is a, I'm glad this day is over with, those kind of things. You can also go to something that's, that doesn't have any, go to the sense of, uh, of seeing, just a sense of color, never gets worn out, never tired, and never tired seeing uh, that's pink. And that's also what? Uh, yeah, correct. Thank you. Uh, so, so you actually use, I guess, use your senses. They're there conventionally, traditionally, or behavior-wise, we tend to just kind of stay away from the big window or thought patterns about everything, constantly ruminating about, should I should, should do that, I shouldn't do that, they need more of this, they need less, I shouldn't be doing that little surface evaluations about everything. While you're doing that, don't stop that. That may be just fine and okay, but you might want to just flash on the color of things, the shape of things. Uh, register in your consciousness, the, the, not just the walls and the pictures and the, and the coats and the people in the room, but register the shape of this space. This space has a shape that is very, very elaborate. And it's just one room in the middle of a vast, world. So it seems that by you know, sitting down and training, when I say training the mind, sit down and train the mind to see more clearly what you're doing. You're sitting down and you're using your own thought forms, your own emotions, your memories, as an exercise, you're exercising just being with that. You feel it, you think it, you see it, you smell it, you taste it, it just arises. And if you do nothing with it, it goes back into it's impermanent. The impermanence is seen more readily if there's no meddling at all, just here. Then you can have intense kind of feelings of maybe frustration or anxiety 
If, if you do nothing with those, I'm not saying this is true for everyone. Maybe you, maybe you need medication. Maybe you need a, maybe you need a psychiatrist. Maybe you need uh, to join the military. But, but I would say, generally speaking, if you can just be with whatever rises, it won't last. Uh, even even anxiety tends to to fade or back off or lose its energy if you if you don't object to it and if you don't actually grab onto it and do do anything with it. <coughs> uh, the the thing. Uh, thank you very much. I had no complaints whatsoever. Is a way of kind of inviting something to come in. Thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. Just a, kind of a sense of gratitude towards whatever's arising. Smart Alec question. Oh, I haven't done it yet. That's possible. This probably would burn right up. You'd have to stomp on me. Receiving, you're receiving the, you're giving your attention to the feeling of loss. You're adding on the commentary that describes what it is. I feel lost on some level, probably. And then you're receiving, and that you, you're not, uh, not uh, objecting to it, you're not agreeing with it, not objecting to it. A feeling of loss. You could, if that's happening, you could say, "Who feels this?" You could go in deeper, find some way, some kind of questioning. What is this? Is another question. Who and the what questions aren't bad. What is other objectivity, and who is subjectivity? So either one will will uh, take you into that area that where you need to. Uh, so if you need anything, you need to see more clearly what this is and what you see. And uh, I don't know how else to say this is not separate. So the the if there's separation going on, there's going to be loneliness, or there's going to be emptiness, or there's going to be fear, or there's going to be aloneness, or some kind of anxiety based on being lost or something. But there has to be 
the, the projection or the assumption or the elaboration or the, the imputation that there's somebody. Because if there's nobody, then that may feeling may arise, but it can't find an identity to uh, join hands with. Can't find anyone. So it, it won't last. It'll come up and it'll hang around for a while and then because it can't, it can't find anybody to collaborate with to continue the, the, the complaining about feeling alone or the elaboration on it that keeps going where there's a drone in the background that goes so alone or I'm lonely or I'm, or I'm have no reference point or whatever word you want to put to it. But if there's just awareness, then it's just that arises. It may, may circle around for a week. But there's no, but the consciousness of the awareness is not concerned with that. It doesn't, it doesn't shrink down into a self that doesn't like that. It, it might actually enjoy that. It might be kind of an interesting quality about that space. It might have some curiosity about that. She told me she was going to leave at 4 30. And I'm going with her. Huh? Then I'll stay. But, yes. Um, your question earlier about Donna and, and uh, healthy Donna. Yes. Um, I know for me, I've been involved prior to this path with the, the Christian yeah. church where. Yeah. A lot was said about tithing, which represented 10% of one's income. So um, is there some general, um, either through your teachers, about a percent or some kind of a guideline that one could use? Subtle a lot to say, let's just do 10%. I don't have any real reason. I just, I think uh, along the lines of what you were asking about the unhealthy, it's something about that just, it's just like to, you know, 10%. Well, you know, that's saying everyone in here gave 10%. Everyone here is in a different situation. Some people have a lot of children. Some people have a lot of debt. Some people are don't make very much money. So, I mean, there's just so many different ways of looking at it. So I, I just think that's just a way of kind of settling the whole thing, so you don't ever, so you don't have to deal with it moment by moment. I think it should always be completely fresh, just as if you've never given anything. And it should be, and on the part of the teacher, he, she, they, just if you can help me, I sometimes ask if you can help me, help. If you can't, don't worry about it. I'll help you. I'll hang out. So no, no demand on it. Go ahead. Oh, it's just, uh, I think there's a chapter either in Myth of Freedom or one of Ripache's yeah. books. That, green Money. Yeah, Green Money, and I can't recall Green that. Energy, that's right. Yeah. It's in the heart of the Buddha. I don't care for that chapter. I'm mean, not disagree with Ripache particularly, but you know, he's, he's dealing with a bunch of hippies in the 70s. So, a different kind of thing. He's a, he's a young guy. He's from another country. He just learned this language. He's used to a big monastery situation here. He was raised from a little kid 
as a as a toku until he was 18 when they left. So he's 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 probably trying to figure out how to do this himself. So I would say, uh, I don't know. Did you have a question about that? I was just trying to re recollect what if there were any guidelines in that chapter. For I don't remember any other than he just encouraged people to you know, help. Was trying to help people who were kind of trying to be, you know, well, you don't really need money. And he was trying to say, yeah, you do need some money. But so I think the, that chapter in there, he was just trying to relate to people to in such a way to get them to understand that we need to support the situation. He once said, uh, if you don't, <clears throat> if you don't pay for something, you won't really appreciate what's been done, what's being done. So you won't, you need to do but he never really charged for his interviews. Uh, I never charged a fee. I mean, you could donate, give Donna, which I did not do. I didn't even think about it. And I had four interviews with him. I mean, I paid fees in other ways. And quite often there seminars and so on, like there was a fee for it. And it was high enough that they, they made money on it. It was much higher than this one here. But it was about, how much is this to Important if you can, but we know. Yeah, we don't never have collected that. Yeah, and so and we we do that at uh, at the monastery, but we don't. I don't think we've ever. You got to do it. It's somebody sitting at the door with a cash box, and, you know, don't let him in. He hasn't paid yet. Have you paid yet? We don't do that at all. It's very irritating. I just spent thirty years in that kind of an environment. I don't like it. So before uh, back until uh, two thousand five or four or three or whatever it was. It's not that you couldn't do it that way. So in a situation like this, you know, we we're calling it Donna. Then we, because of the taxes or whatever, send registration. Then, you know, people just kind of forget. So you don't want to be a pest about it. But at the same time, mm -hmm. if you don't bring it up, people forget, and yeah. we don't. We, I mean, you know, know, there's not enough to cover the costs. So, you know, if you don't have, how do you work with that? Well, just directly. Work with it directly. It's, um, like I was saying about Maggie, they wouldn't even say Maggie would come from Ann Arbor and she would, she would just say it. Nobody asked her to do it. She would just say, as if she owned the place. She would say, the, char the fee for the, for the retreat is $40 and I'll be happy to collect that. She would say that, and then, but we didn't ask her to do that. I don't remember. She offered. she offered to do it. So. And Kozan has too at the end of the all day. The <coughs> yeah, she's so, often so has about that. Touchy. You guys asked to do it. Huh? Asked to do that. It's a, it's a, you know, it can be difficult, but I don't know. You guys figure that out. I got other things to do. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, when, because you, you talked about your Shambhala experience, but then you joined a new Sangha um, with the Zen tradition. Did they approach Dana differently, um, particularly with how you engage in different uh, services? What's the question? Um, when you um, became Koban Roshi's um, student, how did he receive Dana and um, manage that? I have no idea. I was never. I was involved a little bit, but mainly my relationship 
for him was as a teacher, I didn't have too much involvement with his sangha, a little bit. And uh, I, I really don't know. I know that he had some wealthy Steve Jobs was one of his benefactors. He had some other very, very wealthy people who really liked him and basically funded him. So <clears throat> he was uh, he was not particularly defend, dependent on lots of small donations. He, uh, the, that whole uh, Jacoji, I think, was probably had to do with Steve Jobs, who was a I don't know if he was a millionaire by then, but he was getting closer. He certainly was by the time he passed away. So my main Sangha experience was with Shambhala and also some of the category before I met, well, after I'd met Trump Rinpoche, but I didn't get enough. I wasn't involved with him enough to really know what that was all about. They had asked for help. They asked for, I think, uh, what was it? There was <clears throat> at Chikoji, there was someone who came there and stayed. What was that? That someone that came there and stayed. I remember my, uh, Michael Shoho was he was the the head teacher there at the time and kind of in charge of the whole place. And I remember him kind of kind of complaining about that fellow, wasn't he? Was he complaining? What did he say? I think that what I overheard was the comment that yeah. he had some pretty expensive food in the refrigerator with his name on it, but as a practice resident, hadn't bothered to pay the the fee to yeah. help them. He was really. But, Ultimately, it was his karma that he was going to have to deal with. Yeah, so. he, he wasn't whining about it, but he also wasn't going to go banging the guy's door. He just noticed that he was, lived pretty high on the proverbial, what is it, llama? High on the, <laughs> high on the goat, something like that. High on the goat. Big? Something like that. Hog. High on the hog, yeah. <laughs> I, know it was, I know it was some kind of animal that was not volunteering for that. So... And, you know, it is a real individual kind of thing about saying about his karma. It is, it is individual. So, like I've said many times when I was very young, I was a thief. I stole all kinds of, it just didn't, it didn't make any sense to me why I shouldn't be able to have whatever I wanted. So I, well, you wanted that truck in there, too. Yeah, I almost stole one of your toys. I, I, I took that and I said, if I was... Six years old, seven years old, this would be mine. <laughs> I'd be putting this in a just Looking back on it, says even if I, if I go back and think about it, it's just, you know, kind of, it's, it's kind of confusing. I don't know why, how that all worked, but it was a, a, little, a little boy. It wasn't very clear. Further questions? Thank you so much.